This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It is Monday, March 1st. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. Full disclosure, I've recorded the episode. I've already recorded the intro, uh, the rundown, all the news. I finished up my conversation with Hank South, who is still our guest today, talking about Ty Simpson and and the quarterback committing to Alabama over Clemson this weekend. Among a busy weekend of news, it was already very busy. And then right when we're hanging up, Hank goes, holy crap, Eric Gilbert just decommitted from Florida. So this is me quickly re-recording the intro, quickly reacting to that. By the time you're listening to it on Monday, this will be old news. You will have seen plenty of reaction to it. But to make it clear, Eric Gilbert, when we did our transfer portal rankings last week, was the number one player in the transfer portal. And I guess he wasn't technically in the portal anymore because he had you know, committed to Florida or whatever. But the number one ranked transfer, 99 overall, the only 99 overall. It lived up to the hype at LSU in 2020. He's a top ranked tight end in the history of the recruiting rankings. We were all hailing Florida's transfer hall. I did a podcast on that with Thomas Goldcamp a few, few weeks ago, Eric Gilbert and Demarcus Bowman and all these guys. This changes a lot of that. Eric Gilbert back on the open market. Will Georgia get back in this? We thought he was going to go to Georgia when he when it became clear that he was trying to get out of LSU. Will Alabama be in the mix? Al- Alabama was believed to be the leader headed into a shocking announcement that it was LSU. Clemson was once in the mix for Eric Gilbert during the recruiting process too. This is massive college football news. You can absolutely bank on us making Tuesday's episode about Eric Gilbert and what happened, what led him to decommit from Florida, which had so much to offer and so much to sell after Kyle Pitts' historic 2020 season. This is big time news. And uh, it's it's just so classic college football that you already think you're, you're set. You think you have all the news that you could possibly handle on a weekend. And then Eric Gilbert decides to open things back up. And so we'll segue back into the rest of the news, which was previously recorded. Starting with the sad news that former Notre Dame star Lewis Nix III was found dead Saturday at the age of 29 in Jacksonville. He had been reported missing for a few days. Nix was a key force for Notre Dame's 2012 defense, part of the great defensive line pairing with guys like Stephon Tuitt, and he was a third round pick by the Houston Texans in the 2014 NFL draft. When I heard that Lewis Nix was missing last week, heard the name had been a while since I since I had seen it, I immediately remembered him for squeezing his big six foot two, three hundred and thirty pound frame into the Svelte number one jersey and absolutely rocking it. So thoughts and prayers go out go out to his family and the Notre Dame community. Woke up on Sunday to the news that Clemson standout cornerback Darion Kendrick is off the team. Dabo Sweeney will meet with the media Monday, but the rumblings from our Clemson 24-7 insider Anna Hickey are that persistent disciplinary issues were just too much for the Tigers to take. Despite Kendrick's obvious talent, he's a former five-star recruit. He was a full-time starter the last two years after transitioning from wide receiver, which he played as a freshman, and he was projected 
projected in this upcoming draft as a fringe first round pick before he surprisingly decided to return for his senior season. I think it's a big loss for the Tigers. They've struggled to cover elite receivers in their last two playoff games. They're going to need some young faces to step up and fill that void. And as for Kendrick, We're going to see if he enters the portal. Maybe that happens this week, or maybe he just takes a year off to train for the NFL draft or whatever. The deadline has passed to enter his name for this upcoming draft. I don't think he would be uh, wanting to test the supplemental draft waters. Over in the FCS, a lot of football this weekend. I went 0 for 5 on FCS betting. I don't think I will be doing that again. That's because surprising things happen, like North Dakota State and its 39-game win streak being snapped in a 38-14 loss to Southern Illinois. And that was the third longest winning streak in Division I history. So the 1950 Oklahoma Sooners can exhale and pop some champagne. I think it's just clear that the Bison really missed Trey Lance. And then to follow up on Jackson State, since we did a whole Deion Sanders podcast on Friday, juiced for their conference opener, it was postponed because of COVID-19 protocol. So the spring season, It's not immune to the same issues that plagued the fall football season, of course. And then before we bring in Hank to talk about Ty Simpson, who, by the way, is the number 27 player in the 24-7 sports composite and the number three pro-style quarterback, there were several other big commitments this weekend that we have to tell you about. Arizona State got a commitment from the number 57 prospect in the class of 2022 uh, in, in Larry Turner Gooden, an athlete out of California. Herm Edwards and his staff are crushing it in the Golden State. Texas landed four-star safety Brian Allen on Sunday. He's a top 100 prospect, and he boosts Steve Sarkeesian's class to number four in the country. And Ohio State keeps building on its number one ranked class, adding four-star wide receiver Keon Graves on Sunday. All right, a lot of commitments every single weekend. Make sure you're tracking that page on 24-7 Sports. Just go to football recruiting at the top, click down to commitments. You'll see them all. And then further, the 24-7 Sports football recruiting podcast i mean those guys are covering all this stuff in detail and in depth we're going to take a quick break and then get to hang south hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hank, I think it's safe to say that you and I talk all the time. And a few weeks ago, sure looked like Clemson was going to land Ty Simpson. All the crystal balls, all the buzz. You were telling me, though, you're like, nah, I wouldn't count Alabama out. And I imagine part of you is always prone to saying that because you can never count Alabama out. But what specifically about this recruitment gave you confidence that that Nick Saban and, and Bill O'Brien, the new OC, could close? Yeah, I've been saying on the BL message board, I, I and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back or anything with the pick. I, it was more of a guess than anything. So in recruiting, they say follow the visits. And that's not, you know, that's not really a thing um, in the COVID era. It's been a dead period. Visits haven't really been happening as much, although we have seen kids take you know self-guided tours. That's become popular in the last six or so months. But with Ty Simpson, he, he's very familiar with Alabama. Between Alabama and Tennessee, I think he's been to both programs six or seven times each. So right there, you know, there was a lot of familiarity. He had already had that foundation that he had built with Steve Sarkeesian. Obviously, Nick Saban's always been involved in his recruitment. And then obviously, I'm not going to say I didn't have a little bit of pause once Steve Sarkeesian left for Texas as, as far 
far as, you know, Bama's chances because, you know, they did lose his primary recruiter there. But Bill O'Brien stepped in. I think Ty Simpson was one of his first phone calls. Um, I wrote a story, I think in like mid to late January about Bill O'Brien reaching out to him. This was before Alabama had even announced Bill O'Brien as the offensive coordinator. So he was kind of off and running already on Ty Simpson. Um, and then you, you kind of look at you look at kind of, you know, the prospect. He's a coach's son. You know, the NFL experience is right there. Obviously, that's every kid's goal is to get to the next level, to have that kind of wealth of experience in the coaching and development standpoint. That's big. It's a big factor. And that's immediately what, you know, Ty pointed to. And then you kind of just look at Alabama, the need at quarterback in 2022. They have Bryce Young in 2020, Jalen Milrow, obviously in 2021, who's a very talented quarterback in his own right but 2022 is going to be an important cycle to, to really land that elite signal caller that can potentially be the, be the guy down the road. And Ty Simpson has always been a priority. And then, you know, you never want to look past Nick Saban as a closer and recruiting is the best closer in the country. And, and I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not going to try to pat myself on the back. It was more of an educated guess in the end, just kind of following all the tea leaves, following the visits, Bama's push, the need at quarterback, and, uh, you know, just the relationship he's built with everyone. That kind of gave me a little bit of confidence. But even towards the end, when I put in the crystal ball pick on, on Wednesday prior to his announcement, I, I still didn't feel that great about it. You know, you can't overlook Clemson and, and you know, the recruiters they have on their staff, Dabo Sweeney, obviously the two best programs in the country going head to head for a top quarterback. So in the end, it went uh, it went Alabama's way. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how how it pans out. So you said a lot of interesting things there. I think something to file away and keep and, and always uh, know is important is you mentioned Nick Saban's always in on the recruit on the recruitments he wants to be in on. And that probably helps so much when you consider the staff overhaul that the Crimson Tide endure almost every offseason. But for Bill O'Brien, were you surprised that he jumped right in and did so well. I mean, he hasn't been in college football since like 2014. And and I know that he he came to Alabama and there were some you know, questions about how his Texans tenure ended and was this the best, whatever, whatever. Like it, it seems like he's taken right back to the, the recruiting abilities he showed off at Penn State when he was landing Christian Hackenberg uh, during NCAA sanctions. Yeah, that was the biggest question is, is you know, how is he going to perform? And, and, you know, coordin- coordinators, at least at Alabama, they're never that involved in, in terms of primary recruitments. Um, you know, they, they always have a hand in, especially quarterback recruitments. But beyond that, you know, it, it's more of kind of a secondary role. They do the evaluations. You know, they obviously recruit guys, but it, it's more kind of the, the the assistant coaches that do kind of all the, the grinding and going out on the road and, and, and seeing these guys when they can. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a little surprised how, how quickly he's taken back to it. You know, he hasn't been in the college game in, you know, what, six or seven years whenever, uh, since he's been at Penn State, he comes in, gets to know Ty Simpson, eventually lands Ty Simpson, and, and not just Ty Simpson, he landed a four-star tight end in Elijah Brown out of Ohio a couple weeks back prior to the Simpson announcement. So he's already, I think, you know, unless it's changed since since Friday, he's already the number 12 recruiter in the nation for the 2022 class. So it doesn't look like there's been any drop-off. And, and you know, it always helps kind of having that tag as a former NFL head coach, former college head coach as a recruiter. Parents look at that, high school coaches look at that. And with Ty Simpson, like I said earlier, his dad's a collegiate coach. So, you know, that that's certainly something that's going to be important and something you can really sell to these top top level guys on the recruiting trail. Yeah, Ty Simpson's dad coaches at Tennessee Martin on the FCS level. Set the stage for, and then we're, we're going to move on to uh, Alabama versus Clemson on the recruiting trail since we don't get it as much on the field as we, as we wish we did. But this Alabama quarterback room moving forward. So it's always hard to land an elite guy after landing an elite guy. But somehow Alabama, Jalen Milrow is a really good player. But even before they had Jalen Milrow committed in 2021, they had a commitment from Drake May, who ends up being one of the best quarterbacks in the, in the class. And this is all despite the fact that Bryce Young signed in the 2020 class. Drake May decommits. They get Jalen Milrow. You think in 2022, and you said it, they were like, okay, 
I'm not, I'm not calling Jalen Milrow a gap take at all. It's, it's remarkable that they got a, a kid of that level the year after landing Bryce Young. But, but 2022, Hank, this was, hey, we got to get a guy who we can see as a, a multi-year starter. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Nick Saban wants to do that every year. Like you said, Jalen Milrow is not a gap guy. He's a guy that can absolutely compete for the starting job down the line. I mean, you can't really over overlook anything after you've seen what Mac Jones has done and waiting his turn. But yeah, I mean, that that's, and I think that kind of speaks to just kind of trailing off onto Jalen Milrow a little bit. That kind of speaks to his competitive edge. Everyone was saying, oh, you know, he decommitted from Texas because they got Quinn Ewers. Uh, he didn't want to have him sitting right behind him, Texas. But then you look where he goes, he goes and the class after Bryce Young, who's kind of expected to be the next guy at Alabama for the next few years. So yeah, I mean, 2022, you want to do that every single year. You want to keep that that bar raised in your program. You want to keep that competition up. That's kind of, you know, that's Alabama's recruiting pitch. You know, iron sharpens iron. You hear that all the your their top targets, their top commits say that and see that's kind of how they sell it. They don't, you know, they don't want you to come in if you're going to shy away from competition. And you see that beyond just the quarterback position. You see Kamar Wheaton in the 2021 class comes in a running back room that has six potential, I mean, six guys that could probably start at any program in the country um, and he's the seventh so you know they, they they have a guy they look for a certain type of you know personality competitor they look for and I think Ty Simpson's checked those boxes and you know I think Jalen Milrow checks those boxes too I think all the quarterbacks in in that uh, quarterback room check those boxes I, I know you're saying like that's what Alabama wants to do but I'm just I mean you know it better than anybody when you land those elite kids like Clemson struggled in the class after Trevor Lawrence Clemson struggled in the class after DJ Uyangalale Hank even Alabama Tua was a 2017 class to two and Mac Jones the next few years like correct me if I'm wrong I don't did they one of those 2018 or 2019 classes they didn't even take a quarterback and then the other class was the uh Talia Tungavailoa and Paul Tyson class so like this is easier now for Nick Saban than it was a few years ago it's funny because you know the 2018 class is kind of the the class that everyone looks at as like Alabama's worst class in you know the last decade I mean it was, I think they finished what number five or number four before um Ali Keho came in the summer and they added him to the class rankings but then you look at like who was in that class and they they have three like probably first rounders whether it be you know certain Waddle, Christian Barmore, and, and there's probably, you know, Josh Job will eventually, you know, be probably a high draft pick next year. But yeah, you know, Bama, you know, they, they just seem to do it year after year after year. Um, and, and, you know, it's funny in that 2018 class where, you know, it, they didn't sign a quarterback. They were in for a, in it for a few guys late, but they ended up, you know, adding Lane Hatcher, who's now having a really successful career at Arkansas State after he transferred out of the program. So they never have problems finding the guys they want, you know, despite, you know, the, the classes they've signed prior. Even when they find their coaching assistants like Gardner Minshew, those guys turn into NFL starters. Last kind of subject here. I just thought it was so interesting and fun. And you tell me if it's rare or not to have an Alabama versus Clemson. And yes, like Tennessee was in the mix, but okay, um, not not quite so much. Uh, recruiting battle, like from 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, Alabama and Clemson, they played every single year. They haven't played uh, in 2019. And they haven't played in 2020. So I guess our our replacement for that, Hank, was was Bama versus Clemson on the recruiting trail. Was this like have have we seen precise instances of 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 uh, Bama versus Clemson head to head before? Or is this something that doesn't happen too much? Yeah, it's it, it's weird because you really there's only a handful I can think of where it was true. Bama versus Clemson, and, you know, you know, Bama versus Clemson, and maybe a, a couple others, but you know, those kind of being the main two teams. You don't see a lot of them. There was an offensive lineman, I think, in 2016. I, his name's escaping me right now, but that was one. Um, I, I, you know, the recruitments I think the most of between the two programs now. Obviously, Ty Simpson is one of them, but Xavier McKinney, which you know, 
all signs were pointing to Clemson. He was a one-time Alabama commit. He reopened his recruitment. It looked like he was going to end up at Clemson when he shocked everybody at the Under Armour game, committed to Alabama, obviously had a had a pretty good career, was a second-round draft pick, and is doing well in the league. And then another one you think of a lot is Justin Ross. Bama doesn't really struggle in the wide receiver to recruiting department lately. Um, they, they've been fine, but Justin Ross was a miss. You know that that was a guy that it, it, all signs looked like they were pointing to Alabama, and, and then he 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 surprised everyone and committed to Clemson on, on National Signing Day in 2018, and has obviously been really successful there. And is going to be back this next year for uh, probably his last season, I guess, with Clemson. And then you know th- there's other ones that there, there's been an involvement. You know, obviously Bama recruited Trevor Lawrence. Everybody recruited Trevor Lawrence. I, I wouldn't really say that was a Bama Clemson head to head battle, you know, beyond that, you know, that you got the Brian Brissy, that was a guy Bama liked a lot. And it was actually, you know, he, he visited Bama, I think a couple of times and had a close relationship with the staff, um, you know, Xavier Thomas. So there, there's been a few and there's always, you know, Bama and Clemson go after the elite guys. So, the, you know, they always kind of meet each other on the recruiting show, but you never really see these head to heads like we see with, you know, Bama LSU, Bama Georgia, Bama Florida, as much as you don't really see that as much with, with Bama and Clemson for whatever reason, which is, you know, who knows? One of my more uh, favorite fond memories of the All-American Bowl that we do in San Antonio was you catching wind that Xavier McKinney was breaking the crystal ball and committing to Alabama instead of Clemson and, and hustling up on it. Hank South, thanks for joining us. All right, thanks again to Hank South for joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at HankSouth247. Our producer is Lance Glenn. My name is Trey Scott. Have a great Monday. We'll talk to you all on Tuesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.